I am so glad you could join us. I'm your host, Mo Gaudat. This podcast is nothing more than a conversation between two good friends sharing inspiring life stories and perhaps some nuggets of wisdom along the way. This is your invitation to slow down with us. Welcome to Slow Mo. My guest today is my dear, dear friend, a wonderful human being, Hyman Sunan. Hyman is a Zen Buddhist teacher. He's a best-selling author and the founder of the School for Broken Hearts in Seoul, South Korea, where he was born. He was educated at Berkeley, Harvard, and Princeton, and then he received formal monastic training in Zen Buddhism and then taught Asian religions for more than seven years. He's one of the most influential Zen monks in the world with over one and a half million followers. His first book, The Things You Can Only See When You Slow Down, which is an incredible, incredible title for a book, has been translated into more than 35 languages and sold more than 4 million copies. His second book, The Love for Imperfect Things, was the number one bestseller as soon as it released in 2016 in South Korea and then became available in multiple languages in 2019. You're going to love this conversation. Oh, hello. Hello. It really is a, an, a, an honor. I, I am quite familiar uh, with both of your books, even though I have sadly not read one. And I read the first one, but I'm going to ask you a lot about it. You know, when you're meeting someone and you feel that your souls are aligned, if you want, I feel, I feel uh, you know, so much that way uh, with you. So thank you so much for your time. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. You know, like when I was listening to your podcast, even the very first, in a second, you know, when you say, oh, it is time to slow down. And then exactly. it is like having a conversation with a friend. Oh, I felt like you are just, you know, one of my kind, you know? <laughs> exactly. Don't you, don't you think the world needs a few more of us? I mean, it's been, it's, the, the, the world has gone through a cycle of speeding up and speeding up and speeding up. And for some reason, you know, because humans are resilient, we just continue to speed up with it, right? But it's just not human speed anymore. This is just way too fast. And the idea of slowing down is just so fundamental to human life. Would you, would you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So like um, when we are happy, usually, you know, your mind is you know, slow and you can actually uh, appreciate things in front of you. And you can actually listen to what the other person is saying. Uh, yeah. You can actually taste the food that you are having. So I think the happiness relates to, uh, you know, being able to slow down. And um, I think it involves, you know, our intention to slow down too, you know? Yeah. So, so I, I wanted to, to start first by apologizing that I actually have not read your first book, but because I didn't. I was not aware that there is a book with such an incredibly interesting title, The uh-huh. Things You Can Only See When You Slow Down. So I'm, I promise I will read it. I did, however, uh, um, quickly listen to a lot of reviews about it. And, and I wonder, what are those things that you can only see when you slow down? I mean, give us a few examples. Oh, 
I think we are all longing to be connected and we are all longing to be loved, you know? But in order to do that, I think we have to be seen and also be able to see the person. And in order to do that, we have to create you know, time and space uh, to actually recognize and see each other and being seen. So I think you know, when we slow down, we can feel you know, these connections and thereby we can feel a little more love. That, that's such an incredible answer. I, never, I didn't expect you to say that, actually. I was going to say, I, was, I expected you to say, you know, you can, you can have a little more rest. Maybe you can have a, a little more joy. You have a, lot, a little more pleasure. But to, to think about having slowing down as a prerequisite for love and connection, that's such a beautiful way to look at it. Is that a prerequisite to finding self-love and self-connection too? Is that why we meditate, why we stay in silence, why we go to retreats and so on? Yes, I think so. Yeah. You know, when our uh, mind slows down, there is a, you know, opening, you know, we can actually touch silence in between two thoughts. In that silence allows us to actually become aware of our own mind, become aware of our, our own emotions and our own thoughts. So from that awareness, you know, you can begin to uh, say, oh, yeah, there are many elements of my thoughts and emotions. And maybe I can, uh, you know, uh, decide to, uh, you know, more accepting, you know, of it, you know. So I think the first step is to be able to recognize, you know, what is already there. And to do that, I think we have to slow down. And so do you think a big part of the unhappiness that we feel in the world today is because, not just because of how harsh the world is sometimes, but because of the pace, the speed, and, and even, even if the world is still difficult and harsh and we're slow, we could actually perceive the world differently? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you know, uh, whenever I feel content, you know, whenever I feel happy, you know, my mind is very, you know, quiet and, and slow, you know, you know, when I'm under a lot of pressure, you know, I need to get a lot of things done very quickly, then um, I'm not happy, you know, I am very, you know, stressed out. I remember it's just great saying, um, like, I, I don't know, you know, who told me this uh, beautiful story, but in a native uh, Indian, you know, as they are riding a horse, and if they were to you know, ride a horse uh, very, you know, in a very speedy way and for a long period of time, then you know, from time to time, they would stop and they would uh, come down uh, out of the you know, horse and then they will turn around. And the reason why they will turn around and wait is so that their soul can catch up and then <laughs> arrive and meet the, you know, rejoin the body, you know? Oh, that's so beautiful. And, and, and basically what we are going through now is that most of us have our souls running behind us like crazy trying to catch up. That's, exactly, yeah. That's such a beautiful way of looking at it. I, I have to say that, I, you know, I've been really, really working hard on slowing down. I mean, I, I tend to... Uh, to have a very, I think through years of practice and acceptance and love for what is, I have a very calm mind, but I'm always very busy. Like my, my days are so full. And, you know, most people, when, when they, um, 
when they see my work and, and witness my achievements and so on, they think that I'm very chill. And I'm chill inside, but on the outside, the world seems to constantly be throwing thousands of message on, messages on social media. I'm sure you, 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 you know, you get the same. You know, I get, I get, of course, my businesses and I still am a businessman in a way. So, you know, there are messages and requests and meetings and conversations and calculations. And then, you know, and, and it's, it's been my last three months of my life now where I decided, you know what, the priority is going to be for my silence and space, I call it. You know, my, my, uh, my, you know when you spend those hours, you know, not even hours, if you just give yourself 30 minutes of silence and then suddenly, boop, you know, a great idea comes in your mind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I need those, right? Right, right, right. I think the, um, we get confused between, you know, knowledge and wisdom, you know. The, the wisdom uh, comes from, uh, you know, peaceful, you know, serenity, you know, uh, silence in our heart. So when we become very quiet, then from that, you know, depth of, you know, uh, silence, uh, it actually gives birth to a beautiful new you know, creative ideas. Yeah. I think we can uh, just know a lot of knowledge and then uh, just um, um, regurgitate it, you know, again and again, mm. and then talk about it in a different uh, package way. But uh, if you want to have some kind of creative mind, I think we need to tap into silence. And, but I also want to say that, you know, I, I too also have the exactly same problem. <laughs> that mm, is too much. Yeah, I I, I feel like uh, even though I have written a book called you know the things you can see only when you slow down, I cannot say that my life is always slow and I am always um, calm and collected. You know, I do uh, have a lot of um, uh, you know talks to give. You know, the essays to write. Yeah. You know, uh, a lot of phone calls to answers. However, I think uh, it is our intentions, you know. Oh, yes, I do have a very busy life, but uh, let me just carve out, you know, like the way you did, you know, 30 minutes, you know, of my time. And then I decided to pause and then sit down. So I think that's important. Has, have you always been like that? So I, I know you, but maybe my listeners don't all know you. So you, you, you started your spiritual journey as a teenager, right? Right, right. So um, when I was young, you know, I was wondering, you know, why was I born? You know, know, somebody told me this. Great question, man. Right. Great question. (laughs) Right, right. They they never, you know, somehow I thought that there should be some kind of guidance or manual, you know, why we are here. So now now that you came here, please read page four and we will tell you why you're here. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And so I felt like, you know, uh, the life, the so-called life is like a movie, you know. Somehow I woke up in a movie theater and then the movie has been playing, you know, for the last, you know, one hour or two hours. <laughs> yes, so I you, mi- to, you missed a bit of it, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I tried to figure it out, you know, where are we? You know, what, what year are we? You know, oh, I have, a, I have this body. Oh, I'm a man. Oh, I have this nationality. You know, all of this feels somehow... Um, you know, push me to you know, think harder. And then um, I didn't want to accept sort of, you know, normal, uh, quote unquote, you know, worldly pursuit that uh, that is uh, you just want to 
go to really uh, good college and get the best possible job and get paid really well, you know. But I was asking, you know, for what, you know, what would be the purpose? So um, that got me to really interested in religion uh, and philosophy. And so I began to read a lot of books about it. And then uh, in college, I decided to study, you know, religion. <laughs> and it was fantastic, actually. I love, mm. you know, study yeah. about different, you know, especially like a mystical, you know, wisdom traditions in all different, you know, all across religions. I thought it was really fascinating, you know, uh, not just, uh, you know, Buddhism or Hinduism, but also, you know, Jewish mysticism or Sufism. You know, all of this was just so, you know, wonderful. And and there's so many things in common too. You know that's another thing. You know they. It feels it's like, mind-boggling. It's right. re- it's really it's almost written by the same background. It's like I don't know if they copied from each other or it's the same author, but definitely, you know, there are so many commonalities. Yeah, absolutely. So if you get if you do not get stuck in the symbolism, and if you can just peel out the different symbol and try to understand what the symbol signifies underneath, then you will see that, you know, they are all, you know, pointing to the same source, you know, same common experience of of love and common experience of connections, common experience of wisdom. So, and then I decided, you know, I, okay, I've done enough study. Now it's time for me to actually experience it, you know? Mm. (laughs) So that's Mm. why I became a monastic. And then, uh, you know, beginning to do, uh, you know, uh, a lot of meditation and things like that. Yeah. And, and do you, do you, did you get it at the end? Do you know why we're here? Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> I think my answer right now is to, uh, to know ourselves. I think that's why we are here. I believe that I, 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 be, I, I'll have to tell you, I just, that question itself became bigger and bigger and bigger the more you search inside. Because at the beginning, you're, you're sort of like, I want to know myself as, it's, as in I want to know Mo. But then after a while, you realize that Mo is not his physical form, that I want to know Mo, the, the, the physical and the non-physical. And then you start to go like, but Mo and Hyman are really one. I want to go know, know Hyman too. And then there is, you know, if you believe in the existence of a divine, then we're all part of the divine. And I want to know that too. And so the question almost becomes an endless quest because it's almost with 100% certainty that my limited capabilities will ever, I don't know if enlightenment is to actually grasp all of that, but I think I'm too stupid, to be honest, to ever grasp all of this. I mean, being stupid is the, you know, very good sign that you are there, you know? <laughs> you know? Oh my God, that's so nice of you to say. What do you mean? <laughs> that is absolutely true because, um, the you know, it is the mystery, you know, it is unknowingness. You know, one of the Christian mystics said uh, the cloud of unknowing, you know, uh, you are tapping into um, a nonverbal, uh, infinite space of silence. You know, yeah. um, and that is silently witnessing everything as it is, as it unfolds, uh, whether it's your emotion, whether it's your thoughts. But this, you know, one great, you know, huge fabric, you know, you can call it, you know, God or divine nature or Buddha, you know, whatever that is. We are all sharing the same fabric, you know, 
however, if you were to examine what that fabric looks like, it is infinite. It is. Um, it doesn't have any words, you know, <laughs> uh, and and it's in you know, a silence. Uh, therefore, you know, merging into silence is 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 you know, becoming a, you know becoming acquaint with yourself. Yeah, I love I love the way that you use the word witness because one of the things I have personally come to terms with is that there is no knowing when it comes to actually grasping who you are. There is no knowing in terms of you can't you can't really put it in words, you can't put it in logic. You know, there is there are I, I think around three years ago was the the pivotal moment for me when I started to grasp things that I cannot explain in words anymore. Okay. And to me, those things become so fundamental to the fabric of who I am, but I still am unable to write them in a book. I'm, I, you know, I can speak to you for hours and I know you know them. Okay. But we can't exchange them in words. And that's really, I I believe a different, I'm not saying I'm anywhere near where I should be, but it's a, it's a different flavor of knowing. It's a very unusual, right? Yes. Um, you know, in Tao Te Ching, the, the, you know, great, uh, you know, sacred books of Taoism. Uh, the one of the first sentences that Tao is, you know, unnameable. You know, that which cannot be named is Tao. So we cannot, yeah. you know, we can. It, it's difficult to describe. It's, a very, it's it. a very, a very bad way to sell the book. It's like, okay, right. look, <laughs> right. guys. <laughs> right. the, the very, you know, ineffable nature. Ineffable nature yeah. is the, you know, one of the signature of. Yeah. Uh, you know, spiritual uh, experience. But, uh, you know, it's, it's very interesting because I thought when I became a monk, I thought that that's the thing that I'm going to do. You know, that's the thing that I'm going to, I'm going to go to a monastery and then sit quietly and do a meditation. You know, I thought that was my job. However, you know, when I was in a monastery, what happened was that uh, Sunday we have a service, you know, we have a Dharma talk. And then um, the lay people will come, right? You know, lay people will come. And then we, you know, and then after the Dharma talk, uh, they want to uh, have a, you know, tea with us or, you know, have a little chat, you know. Uh, yeah. And then at that time, I was only like 26, you're very young, you know. But I didn't know a whole lot about life, you know, in general. But all those people uh, in their 50s, you know, 40s and 50s and 60s, and they would approach me, and then they would they beginning to you know ask me about their uh, like day to day problems, you know. They Oops. want, yeah, they, I have yeah, a problem like, with my okay. wife, I have a problem <laughs> with my son, I have a problem with my boss, I don't know how to get along with that, you know, all this very difficult life question they've been, you know, throwing at me, but I didn't have enough experience to answer, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. however, you know, I have to, I, but, you know, all I could do was just to sit and actually listen, you know, listen to what they so have to beautiful. say. And yeah. on, and oftentimes I realized that they already knew the answer. You know, like at ninety percent, they already knew the answer. You know, they just uh, you know needed somebody there to witness what they are going through in a very compassionate way. So you know, so long as they feel like what they are going through is being seen in a very um, loving way, then they feel like you know, rejuvenated, they feel encouraged to go out and, and, you know, face the harsh world. Do you believe that this is because when you sit there and listen, you just basically give them a chance to slow down and be in silence to simply listen to their own selves? 
Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So um, I think because, uh, you know, especially, you know, if you are uh, living together, uh, like, even, you know, for family setting, you feel as though you already know the person, you know, you, al- you feel as though you know your husband, your wife, your kids, and thereby sometimes we don't, we stop listening because yeah. we already know the person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's where the, you know, uh, sadness or depression comes in. That is, um, they, one of the member, they wants to open up and still long to connect deeply, but the other person stopped listening because the other person has a preconceived idea about, you know, who this person is. Yeah. So, so I think, you know, uh, because I, I, I was new to Buddhist monastery at the time, you know, you know, I could listen to them, you know. So in a way, uh, one of the reasons why we go to you know, psychotherapists is perhaps because of that, you know, they can listen in a non-biased, uh, but, you know, caring way. Um, so, and then uh, something interesting happened. There was, um, there was a one uh, woman, you know, she was like in her 70, almost like my grandmother at the time. And then she uh, was about to have, uh, you know, operations, you know. I think there was some cancer in her um, stomach or something, you know. And, but the thing was, you know, before I was able to connect with her, you know, she was so good to me, always bring food, always, you know, saying very nice things about me. And so I was really, um, I didn't know what to do, you know. <laughs> and so um, I think that was my first time that I began to really experience uh, loss, you know. And that is because she eventually passed away and then her family came and then we, do the, we did the sort of memorial service together. And then, you know, from that moment, you know, I, I, I really... Um, my big question was, okay, you know, all those uh, nice enlightenment stuff that you may experience uh, as a monk, you know, uh, how can you apply to day-to-day life, you know, uh, where people are suffering, you know, where we have so much loss in our lives. And so uh, eventually that led me to uh, found the School for Broken Hearts, in Korea. You, you find the most amazing names on the planet. The School <laughs> for Broken Hearts. Like, seriously, is everyone brokenhearted, do you think? Are th- is this a special group of people or do we all have broken hearts? I think we go through some periods of brokenheartedness, you know? Like, especially, you know, it's inevitable that we will, you know, experience some forms of loss in our life. You know, it can be a loss, loss of our hope or dream. You know, you wanted to go to a good college and yet you weren't able to get in. Or, you know, you wanted to uh, maintain a you know, beautiful body. But as we get older, you know, you know I begin to see more wrinkle, you know, mm-hmm. and then, or you lose your friendship or you lose your you know, health or you know, some of you know, somebody who is dear to you, you know, passed away. So uh, from that moment, I think uh, we need some help. I think we need some, you know, deeper connections. And, and I think the school did really well. You now have, I think, 60 or 70 teachers. You have uh, uh, two, two locations, right? Yes, yes. And then we have, like, a, you know, about, we serve, you know, 3,000 people per year. And, but the thing was, you know, when I first started, it was really interesting because I didn't know, you know, what to expect, you know? Like, for example, you know, I was calling, you know, 
any mother who is raising a child with disability, please, you know, come to the program, you know. And then uh, I think about, you know, 40 people, you know, uh, showed up. And then they were, they came from all over, you know, they, they were not just from Seoul. They were from all over South Korea, right? Uh, because they never had a, this kind of, you know, meeting before, you know, like heart to heart, you know, support group. And then one woman, uh, she said that, oh, my son is, you know, eight months old. And I just discovered that he has, you know, you know, listening and a couple of, you know, disabilities. But uh, every, every day, whenever I see him, all I want to do is just want to, you know, jump out of my apartment with him. You know, he, she wanted to just, you know, kill herself because she could see that um, how much suffering my son is going to have because of the, you know, disability. And, you know, uh, so she was so sad and her husband was so worried. And so her husband would call her uh, every like, you know, two hours just to make sure she's wow. OK, you know. And then what happened was that in that group, uh, the, there was a you know woman, you know, a little bit older than her, and she said that I have a son who is a twenty years old, and I know what that felt like. You know, uh, let me tell you, actually, um, this is uh, you know, even though you feel you know very scared, you don't know, you are you are quite uncertain. However, uh, things can get better. You know, there are so many beautiful moments, beautiful things that can come out. Uh, you know, later on. And by listening to her, you know, that she was able to find more peace and you know, encouragement. And then, you know, she's, you know, told me uh, after the meeting, you know, how much she appreciates, you know, how, you know, the whole meeting was and things like that. So they gave me like sense of purpose and, you know, happiness, you know, when I heard that. Do you believe that when life sends us suffering... I mean, so, so I, I heard you once say that, and of course, I, you know, many teachers say that uh, enlightenment is misunderstood in Western concepts as finding out, waking up to understand the truth. But in Buddhist studies, enlightenment is two components. It's one, it's one is, the, is the knowledge and the, or the wisdom, if you want, not, not knowledge, but wisdom. And the other is the compassion element. And, and do you believe that when life sends us suffering, it's to encourage that? ascendance so that I can find compassion for others because I'm not the only one that suffers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Um, I think, you know, when we become uh, vulnerable, when we actually can meet ourselves, find ourselves in a very vulnerable situation, that's when our heart opens up. You know, that's when we begin to see I am connected to all those pe you know, people who are suffering just like me, you know? So I find it really easy to talk about sort of Buddhist truth, you know, for somebody who went through you know, extreme hardship, you know, <laughs> they had a lot of uh, love and connections uh, in, in their heart. So I think, you know, it is a calling, you know, from high above and saying that, oh, here is opportunity for you to connect uh, with other, you know, people and in you know, a nature and the universe in a much more deeper way. It's a wake up call. Yeah, but then, but then, but then it's a little confusing. I mean, in a, in a way, if you, if you study the Four Noble Truths and you see that the first truth is suffering, that, that life will come with that suffering. But then, uh, you know, in, in, when it comes to the third truth and, um, you know, the, um, I don't know if it's the third or the fourth, no, yeah. the, 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 the causes, the, the causes, you know, when you talk about the causes, you, 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 
you realize that the main cause really is that grasping. It's not, it's not life itself that's making us unhappy. Huh? So, so, you know, it's a bit challenging because when you're in it, you're, when you're in it, you're, you go like, life is against me. Life is horrible. But that's not the truth at all. No, it's, yeah, you are absolutely right about this. Yes, the, the whole point of Four Noble Truth is the, the freedom. You know, the, there is a way to, you know, liberate yourself uh, from the attachment, you know, uh, grasping. You know? So um, the world, uh, as it is, uh, after you awaken and before you awaken and then awakening and then after awakening, the world is exactly the same. <laughs> However, the way you perceive the world is different, right? That's just so beautiful, yeah. Right. So, the, the, you know, before you may be attached to forms or identify yourself to a certain things, you know, like you may be limiting yourself uh, to the body, you know, so... What is inside the skin line is me, and what is outside skin line is not me, you know? So I only have to care about what's inside my skin line, and then yeah. I don't have to care about what's outside my skin line. You know, this is sort of like, uh, you know, the, the illusion that uh, Buddha talked about. So, or you, you, if you are, you know, attached to any forms, whether it's your nationality, your gender, or you know race or you know anything you know uh, if, if you are attached to something what happens is as soon as you are attached or limit yourself to that form and there is the uh, potential um, cause of you know violence you know because you are ended up standing uh, in contrast to something else so if as long as you are um, identifying yourself with a form, you know, that creates um, the resistance, you know, because you ended up, you know, whenever you meet that which is not you, you will resist, you know, that very resistance is the suffering. Yeah. And, and so in that, in that sense, that suffering is really, I wouldn't want to say, I, I, you know, it's, it's a bit your choice. It's a bit your own approach to life it's to it's to it's to grasp and resist that impermanence of life that gets us to suffer it's not the event itself that's making us suffer absolutely right? yeah. yeah same thing can happen to two different people and then the one who accepts and find uh, you know contentment and especially when this person's heart is very serene and peaceful then uh, this this this, isn't, this event may not necessarily really uh, you know impact him or her but the same thing you know it, it can this, another person can experience it in a very traumatic way but then but then you know most of my audience are in western countries so they'll they'll immediately react by saying but you know acceptance that's not what humans are about we're supposed to engage and change the world and hate what's going on and you know um and and and, and it's actually a very good argument you know people who are raging around uh, Black Lives Matter and equality and fairness to everyone and that every life matters, you know, you can't blame them for that. Yes, can we? I mean, absolutely. You know, I think you are raising excellent questions here, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, like I'm not saying here that, you know, you have to accept inequality or injustice, you know, you have to be also true to your heart. You know, you have to listen. You have a first obligation to take good care of yourself, you know. So um, if 
you feel that uh, there is an injustice, you should, you know, be able to uh, stand up and talk about these things. However, you know, what, what I'm trying to say here is that, you know, what if you are in a situation uh, where you, can, you, don't, you cannot change, you know? Uh, there is a, comes a situation, a lot of, you know, our human day-to-day uh, -day experience is like that. That is, um, we cannot change the weather. All of it. Yeah, all yeah, of it. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 know, I know the diplomatic way to say it is that uh, we, we, there are a few things we can change. I will say openly, and I'm uh, an executive and a businessman and an engineer, and my life is about changing things, that I have no commitment from life whatsoever that my efforts are going to yield change. The only commitment from life is we're going to favor you if you do the effort, right? But, but by the way, I could put in the effort and then like, you know, so many successful entrepreneurs that I used to coach that had businesses and then COVID-19 comes in. And even though they did put in the effort, the change did not happen. Life can choose otherwise. Uh, so, so yes, it's not, it's not, it's, you know, it's not, it's not guaranteed in any way, I would say. Right, right. So yeah. in that situation, I think we have a choice, you know, you can still resist, you know, to what is. Or you uh, find silver lining, you know, you find gratitude, you know, you find uh, you know, serenity in your heart and so that you can actually make peace with it. So like, for example, um, the, um, like, what would be the good example? Let me think. <laughs> um, Let, let's take Black Lives Matters. I, 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 you know, Black Lives Matter. I, th I, think, I think that's a great example. I mean, in a way, I look at people in the streets. I walked the streets myself. Huh? You, you feel the rejection for the injustice. Uh, you can feel, you're allowed to feel anger. You're allowed to feel rage, right? Of course, you're not allowed to turn that into actions that, that harm others because that's not really the right karma for, for things to get better. But then as you're going through it, you're not really guaranteed that your efforts are going to change everything. So you could go out in the streets and put in the effort, but the change will take six months will take a year. And that's a situation where you have to accept that even though you're so un, um, unwilling to accept injustice, life is still taking exactly. its time to yeah. turn. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly the point that I tried to make. That is, um, we should still go out and try to change. However, you know, it takes time, you know, especially things outside of us, you know, our mind, maybe we can change our mind, you know, relatively easily. However, it's very difficult to change the society as a whole. So it will take time. It can take, you know, six months. It can take one year or it can take one generation, you know. Then the question is, you know, what are you going to do, you know, while it is being changed? Are you going to sit there and be um, dissatisfied and unhappy and become a victim of the situation? Uh, or you know, while being changed, I choose to be happy, you know, I choose to still engage, I do my, you know, my duty and, and in a, in a very, uh, uh, in a very, you know, in a happy and spiritual way, you know, possible. So um, I guess, the, you know, I, I don't want to become a victim, you know, I don't want, it's a terrible feeling, you know, uh, feeling yeah. as though there's no option in your life. However, um, if we can, you know, turn around and, and choose to be, choose to say, yeah, uh, you know, in spite of the situation here, you know, I choose happiness. Yeah. I'm an agent for, of change that choose positiveness 
and chooses happiness. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna spend a lot of time on your new book, but I have one more question on the school. So the school of broken hearts, huh? So what, school, what heals, school for broken hearts. <laughs> for broken hearts, yes. What 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 heals a broken heart? What, what activities do you do? Well, we do all kinds of activities, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's. I quickly realized there are two kinds of pain. You know, one is something that people can verbalize. You know, some kind of traumatic experience they can uh, talk about it. And for this, you know, I encourage them to do uh, like group therapy. You know, encourage them to do uh, write uh, writing therapies something that involves, you know, linguistic means, you know. Uh, however, there's another kinds of, you know, trauma that involves, um, it is so uh, in deep, you know, it is in our tissue uh, and you cannot verbalize it, you know, it's just too terrifying, you know, you don't know, you know, you are, you have still have a lot of fear. In that case, then I, we use um, art, you know, we, we allow like, you know, painting, we allow dancing, uh, we, we do drama, you know, therapies, we do, you know, yoga, you know, we, you know, pay attention to our body, you know, how different uh, the memory has been stored in our body by relaxing it, you know. So uh, we try to uh, do, you know, many different techniques that is available, you know, right now. But uh, in the beginning, you know, the my main focus was a group therapy. So, so getting together, connecting in a way. Oh, yes. Connecting. Yes. Yeah. Especially the share experience. You know, the, the fact that I thought that I just had a horrible time, but, you know, realizing that, oh, the person, uh, although this person are quite different from me. However, you know, what she went through is so much worse than me. You know, uh, I cannot believe her, you know, uh, 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 the courage, you know, her bravery, you know. Uh, I really admire. So from that, you know, experience of uh, connecting, uh, you find better self. You've you've become uh, healed. Let's talk about your new book. So imperfect things. Are you saying I'm I'm imperfect? Is that what you're saying? Oh, like a love for imperfect things. My book. Yeah, uh, the love. Yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, I think you know everything is imperfect. You know, like I, I see tree outside. Yeah. Is that what you're? Is that what you're saying? I am. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs> but, uh, you're. 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 You're hurting me here. Am I imperfect? No. Say no. yes. I am absolutely. <laughs> I'm absolutely. Be brave to say I'm. I am imperfect in every possible way. Uh, I think it has to do with the the state of our heart, the state of our mind. When our mind is quiet and serene. Uh, we can still, you know, discover a lot of beauty in, in 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 imperfect things, and then thereby we accept, you know, imperfect things as it is. Isn't beauty really, really only found in imperfect things? I mean, in a, in a in a way, it's you know, if if you look at um, you know Eastern European architecture after World War II, which was ba- made perfectly of cubes of concrete, right? There was no beauty at all in in perfection, if you want, in the right. exact dimensions that were exactly fit for the need of the person, and so on. You know, in perf- beauty is found in that unexpected bend in a tree, or right. you know, the, the 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 variation and the difference between the weather every day, and that's this is where where beauty is found, isn't it? Right, absolutely. When it's perfect, there's nothing for you to do. You know, <laughs> I, I you know I have met somebody who's like really uh, 
extremely good looking and you know extremely well educated and and extremely healthy you know i find you know you know i admire him but i don't like him you know <laughs> you know <laughs> you know there's no connections you know i don't find any like opening you know there's no door for me to have a conversation yeah. with this person because this person is just too perfect so uh i think uh, imperfections also you know allows c- connections you know uh we can actually uh become close to each other you know we can see that uh, our humanity you know it involves you know, suffering it involves a lot of pain you know uh and we are going through it together you know so uh i think you know imperfect imperfection actually invites um connection and and love mm-hmm. i lo- i love the story that you once shared uh about your uh, your your teacher your master when you started to become a buddhist monk and compared to your friend's teacher who was more perfect would you mind sharing that i think it's yeah. really important yeah 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 so you know when i first became a monk you know you need to have uh, your own private you know teacher you know master so yeah. my master mm-hmm. you know he was very much you know a manly man you know and he he was not uh he wouldn't teach me all this you know like a uh, deep buddhist philosophy you know you know all this uh all the thing that i wanted to learn <laughs> you know he didn't really teach me uh uh and however you know when i went to see my friends you know his master was just perfect just wonderful you know <laughs> exactly what i had in mind you know <laughs> he was he was kind he listened you know he was just a wonderful person and ex- the opposite of my you know master you know so i was thinking oh gosh you know is there any way that i can switch you know, <laughs> you know my life would have been so much better you know if i was to you know train under him rather than my own master you know however um you know after uh, several years later you know when i encounter my friend again uh, he told me that you know he's not uh you know he's not uh receiving any kind of training under him so i asked him why you know why did you uh, sever your relationship with him and he said that because he's too perfect you know uh, he would tell me uh, you know whenever i make a mistake you know he would say oh this this is the mistake and that is the mistake that is the mistake like that and then this felt like um uh you know it this create a lot of emotional hurt you know <laughs> he yeah. felt like he could never live up to that standard and that's why you know he decided to leave uh and then at that moment i realized that oh wow you know my master isn't bad after all you know <laughs> because because he because he knew that he was imperfect you know all a lot of things that i didn't do correctly he was able to forgive you know he was able to understand yeah yeah when i was younger you know just like your age i made a similar mistake it's fine it's okay you know so my master had a really big heart and i began to really appreciate him uh you know especially you know as i'm getting older So 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 being perfect in the other in, in your friend's master was the imperfection right uh, trying to be perfect all the time aiming for perfection all the time is the imperfection in that case yeah i think so because you know uh, you know there if you are striving you know for imperfections uh, what what's happening is you are lacking the understanding that you are already perfect I love that. But some of the wisest people I have ever, I mean, um, I'm I'm a huge fan of 
every everyone that brought wisdom or insight into our world, you know, from His Holiness the, the Dalai Lama to to Einstein, and and you'd see that the wiser people become, the less seriously they take themselves. Is, yes. is that yes, yes, yeah? yes, absolutely. Uh, they see humor, you know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I think that, life is so funny. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. This is you know mm-hmm. a great play that's happening in front of you, you know. So it's a it's a beautiful you know drama that's happening, you know. Uh, so while you you know get involved and try to help each other as much as you can, uh, it's it's silly to take yourself so seriously in, and and identify yourself in a very limited you know way. And so if you can uh, sit and meditate, like for example, and you be, you become mindful of your thoughts and mindful of your emotions, then you realize that, wow, the thoughts and emotion that I have, uh, that's not all of me. You know, there is another great witness, you know, behind that's, you know, witnessing everything as it is. This silent, empty, you know, boundless, you know, awareness or witness, you know, that's maybe me, you know, that's the the you know unlimiting you know self that uh, or God or whatever you want to call that you know so being able to identify not with the form you know not with the limited uh, I, you know I, identity but with that which is infinite that which is always aware uh, that which is boundless un- unbreakable you know that's the you know perfection I think. It's 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 not easy, even though I think it's the easiest thing ever, because that's the only thing that's always there. The thought itself changes, right? It's the it's the it's the it's the entity. Let's call it the entity aware of the thought that's permanent. You know, yes, inner the, witness. Yeah, you can say inner witness. witness. Yeah, or somebody can say God or spirit. You know, uh, something within you. You know, that is uh, knowing. You know, everything. In a silent way, but but don't you think it's difficult in today's right. world? I mean, you you go to social media today, and what do you see? People take that one moment, one moment in their day that is perfect. Before that, they were crying in the bathroom. <laughs> right. After, <laughs> after that, you know, they threw away the food that they took the picture of. But that there was that one moment where the picture looked perfect. And then they put that on social media. And it seems that our modern world is pushing for more and more and more perfection in every way. You know, uh, Samsung would produce a hundred million phones and they would not even accept that one of them will have a scratch on it. We're constantly, constantly, you know, striving for a world where we want everything to be perfect. It's almost the opposite direction. Right, right. Um, But we have to remind ourselves that... um the in order to take that one perfect picture they must have thrown away you know 100 you know uh, imperfect photos right so like i remember um uh, like i went to um canadian rocky you know one of the beautiful you know i, I love canada so i went to the <laughs> the rocky mountain and then go uh, canada did yeah. you hear <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then but i remember you know like one time uh i i wanted to go to that beautiful scenic spot, you know, and I wanted to uh, hike. So I, it took me four hours to get to that, you know, beautiful scenic spot. 
But along the way, you know, there was a lot of bugs, you know, a lot of sweat. You know, my body was extremely tired, and I was very hungry. But uh, when I got to that, you know, beautiful spot, I was like smiling and happy. <laughs> you know, when I was taking a photo, you know, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the picture, yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. yes. So suddenly, if it's the, if I'm up here, like, hey, right, 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 smile, right. But yeah. this is, you know, this photo is completely misleading because <laughs> I was extremely tired and hungry at that moment. So, um, you know, whenever I see some perfect photo, and if I if there is any feeling of jealousy, I just have to remind myself, you know, that experience. Oh, that's a very interesting technique to to basically say that. Oh, that's so interesting. You're saying almost the opposite of what everyone else is saying. So you're basically saying that moment could be genuine, could be a moment where they actually found that happiness to put the picture there, but you too do that. So, so everyone finds that one moment and that's the photo they put out there, but there are a hundred other photos during the day that they didn't take when there were bugs, when their bodies were hurting, when, right? And you too go through that. That's a very interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah. I think we have to uh, you know, see things in a more holistic way. Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, yeah. <laughs> do, do, do you, do you, do you believe that life, that we should strive for perfection, strive for quality? I mean, is that, are those concepts divorced, you know, love for the imperfect, uh, should mean that I don't, I don't insist that everything is perfect. Oh, I think, you know, we should do our best, you know, uh, whatever the situations, uh, we have to be responsible, you know. Um, however, um, sometime, you know, we go extreme, you know, like, like one of my, you know, you know, college, you know, professor, you know, I really, really admire him. He's such a wonderful scholar, like really great, you know, teacher. Uh, however, he wasn't able to get tenure, you know, in his university because he wasn't able to, you know, finish his book. The reason why he wasn't able to finish book is because he was perfectionist. You know, he couldn't let go of the manuscript. Although I would say, you know, 99.999% of entire you know, Buddhist scholars, they will say, this is a great work, you know, but for, <laughs> yeah. for him, he couldn't let it go because he saw, you know, point, point one, one, you know, zero, you know, one percent of imperfection. So, I think we have to let go at some point, you know, learn to uh, say, oh, this was good enough. Then let me just move on to next project. I wish we could all do the same. I, uh, I, I can't let go of you right now. I want to <laughs> <laughs> keep talking. But, uh, but I, I, I'll close with one, with one last, maybe practical question, just to leave people with practical tips. So life will throw... Uh, imperfections at us. How do we find that love inside us? So, so one thing is to understand that there is imperfection, even though there is one moment that we see on social media that's perfect. But what are your top techniques? You know, how can I actually uh, be in a, uh, you know, in a situation that is really not the best for me, but still love it? Oh, you know, I think gratitude pro pro practice, gratitude protects. <laughs> Let me say again. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, like uh, somebody asked me that question the other day, um, like, you know, because of the COVID, you know, things are not good. You know, how can I find any kind of happiness? You know, how mm. can I deal with this kind of misery? You know, um, yeah. You know, whenever bad things happen to me, you know, there is sort of a mantra that I recite, you know, um, 
that is, um, it could have been worse. It could have been really, <laughs> it could have been worse. And I'm grateful that it has happened only up to this, you know, degree. I am so, so in agreement with you. Yeah. I totally agree. And, and I, you know, I, I, I'm great, you know, grateful for this, you know, awakening and I'm going to touch the silence within me and find enough courage to go out and solve these problems, you know? Um, so I think we have to learn to accept, especially the things we cannot change, you know? Um, and then one way to do it is find gratitude in that situations. Yeah, you know, although it's very, very hard, you know, especially in the in the time when you feel like nothing is good, you know. You know? However, uh, we have to still choose to be happy, you know, because we have to survive. You know, we cannot be a victim. We cannot, you know, make ourselves in a miserable, you know, situation for a long period of time. We have to pull it out. You know, one way of pulling it out is having this intention that I'm going to still find grat gratitude in this very difficult moment. I, I again, I think this is very, very, very eye-opening because the, the 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 main definition of the word imperfection is that it's not perfect. But it's also not horrible. You see, you see right? somehow on the it's it's you know life is in that middle uh, band, right? Where you know I, I get I get asked the question about COVID a lot, and I go like, well, the fact that you're asking is evidence that you're okay because yeah. the the truth the truth is if you were if you were diagnosed and you know been heavily uh, if you if you ha if you're very sick right now or if you've lost your life you wouldn't be asking right. Right? and 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 that in itself is just it's the trick that our brain plays on us to say others are dying so life is horrible others uh, are um, you know um, are suffering so i may suffer too but you're not Okay, right, right. Fact, you know the fact the fact that people of course you know some many people lost their jobs and and I keep saying, but you're still here to ask the question. That right. in itself is better than those who lost their jobs and lost their life, or ah. the, those who lost their jobs and don't have a digital device to connect to me to ask me the question. Right. So that it can be worse is a very very interesting way of looking at life. It can right. be worse. Right. Yeah. So the I think that the task is how to make my heart uh, peaceful. You know so that uh, I could accept the things as it is. So if once your heart is serene and at ease, then it's, it's much easier not to resist, you know, much easier to accept, much easier yeah. to go with the flow. Yeah, I'm very, 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 very grateful that you came to join me today. Oh, I'm uh, very, very grateful to you. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it felt it felt really uh, like two very close friends connecting, and um, I uh, I believe that you taught us quite a bit, a few things for the broken hearts. Um, so uh, in my in my very limited Korean, Kamsahamida, <laughs> I'm very grateful. <laughs> I'm very grateful for you. Thank you. Okay, thank you. And for all of you who joined us, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to follow me on social media. Search for Mogaudet, Slow Mo, Soul for Happy, or One Billion Happy. I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, there is always time to slow down. Until next time, 
Stay happy.